Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Wednesday. It's December 9th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. American hospitals are in a COVID crisis. Plus, how the pandemic has expedited the streaming revolution. First, though, today's one big thing. What small businesses need to survive. Congress is getting closer to passing another stimulus bill. The focus is now on a $900-plus billion plan, which would include more unemployment benefits, money for schools, and aid for small businesses. That aid will come in the form of the Paycheck Protection Program. But consider this. The Wall Street Journal recently reported 300 of the companies that received help during the earlier rounds of stimulus have since filed for bankruptcy. And yet, supplying that same type of aid to small businesses is the one thing both sides in Congress agree on. So would things change this time around? Axios' markets editor Dion Rabowen has been reporting on this. Dion, how are small businesses doing right now? Oh, God, really quite badly. So small businesses devoted to e-commerce and online selling that don't have any kind of actual brick and mortar presence are actually doing pretty well. Small businesses that don't, that rely on foot traffic, they are doing really, really, really poorly. And so did the first and second rounds of the Paycheck Protection Program help these businesses, especially these smaller businesses? So the first couple rounds of PPP helped a lot of what you would call your more sophisticated big small businesses, basically because it was first come first serve and it was based on banks deciding who they wanted to give loans to. A lot of these really small businesses that don't have business advisors, that don't have legal counsel, by the time they were able to get their applications through and and get approved, a lot of them just had gone out of business because they'd run out of money. Is there any talk of helping these folks in this most recent round of stimulus? There is, yeah. I had a talk with Senator Marco Rubio's team. They've said that there's been an emphasis on working with some of these community banks, some of the smaller financial institutions. So there is talk of getting something in to make sure that these mom and pop businesses aren't left behind. The only problem is that a lot of them have already shut their doors and closed down. What are people who advocate for small businesses pushing for? Small organizations like Next Street, which works with businesses in underserved communities, as well as organizations like U.S. Chamber of Commerce, National Retail Federation, they've been pushing for more help with rent for businesses, as well as tax breaks for the extra expense they're having to take on with PPE and other deep cleaning expenses. In particular, for these underserved communities, the expansion of low-interest loans, loan guarantees, things that would make it so some of these small businesses that haven't been able to get PPP, they could get a loan at attractive terms and interest rates because right now banks are really pulling back on credit and it's hard for a small business that is struggling to survive to get any kind of a lifeline. Dion Rabowin is Axios' markets editor. Thanks, Dion. Thanks, Nyla. Full disclosure, Axios did get money in the first round of the Paycheck Protection Program, but decided to return it. We wanted to end this conversation on a scoop from Axios congressional reporter Elena Treen. Last night, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said the GOP will support including $600 stimulus checks for individuals. But an even bigger deal for Elena is that leaders from both parties seem ready to compromise. I felt like I've had this conversation with you <laughs> multiple, multiple times. 
always with the major caveat that most lawmakers from both parties never thought that a deal was actually possible. Now we're starting to see some real movement and some real compromise. And most people, including leadership and sources in leadership offices, think that this is going to happen and that it's going to happen next week. Elena says this next week is crucial, but her caveat is that we'll see a lot of changes over the next seven days. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the current crisis facing hospitals. Welcome back to Axios Today. Remember back in March and April when hospitals in New York were stretched so thin they had to treat coronavirus patients in medical tents in Central Park? Hospitals were overwhelmed by the influx, and we saw this same story months later in Florida, and now it's happening again. But not just in New York and Florida, but the entire country. Sam Baker is Axios's healthcare editor. Sam, we're looking at more than 102,000 people in the U.S. currently being hospitalized. That's the highest number we've seen so far this year. I do think it's hard to conceptualize that many people. How are you understanding this? It is hard to conceptualize. One of the important things to remember is, obviously, this isn't 100,000 people in the hospital total. It's 100,000 people in the hospital with COVID. So this is where hospitals start to sort of triage patients as if they were in the middle of an acute emergency with patients flooding in the door. What does it look like when we're thinking about staffing at hospitals? It's a big problem because this particular wave is so heavily rural. Those are hospitals that have fewer resources all around. They have fewer beds, they have fewer ventilators, and they have fewer doctors and nurses. Add to that, we're coming up on nine months now. Hospital workers are just at the end of their rope and near a breaking point. And of course, they are also some of the people who are at the highest risk to get it. So Sam, as you said, it's been nine months since this all started. And we knew there was going to be another inflection point where things were going to get really bad. So my question is, why were we not prepared to have enough personal protective equipment now? So PPE and a lot of these other sort of supply issues, I do think it's important to remember that this is a global outbreak and we just are not used to that. So, I mean, usually when part of the United States is having an outbreak of some kind, hospitals in other parts of the United States can send them supplies, maybe even send them people. Or if the United States as a whole is getting hit really hard. Europe can send some supplies. But what's different this time is everybody needs everything they've got and then some. So there's just not this slack in the system that we're used to. And so I, I don't think this is a failure of the healthcare system to prepare. I think it is a failure of the rest of us to keep the burden on the healthcare system manageable. Sam Baker is Axios' healthcare editor. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Nyla. I don't know about you, but I found that movies have been a great escape from 2020. Last week, Warner Brothers announced they're moving their 2021 movie releases to the streaming site HBO Max. If consumers are cheering this news, they might be the only ones. Sarah Fisher is Axios's media reporter. Sarah, we've seen this shift towards streaming for some time. How much is this kind of a leap forward? It's a huge leap forward. What I'd say is that all of these trends were existing before COVID. Theater attendance had been plateaued. And part of that is, Nyla, because people just don't feel the need to go to a big theater to watch a lot of this content. So what COVID did is it expedited the shift to streaming 
very, very quickly. And what we've written about and what we've reported is that a lot of Hollywood studios and a lot of streaming companies were not ready for this. They've had to make some tough decisions about budgeting in order to hop on the streaming bandwagon really fast. And that is causing a lot of pain points in Hollywood. Like what? I mean, let's just go over the theater economics here. If you buy a theater ticket for a movie like Mulan, that's going to be $12, you know, $14. If you were to get a monthly subscription to Disney Plus, that's seven bucks. And that has five seats on it. And so you can imagine that the margins are so much better for the big Hollywood studios for you to see that movie in a theater than it is for you to see it in the convenience of your home. The problem is, eventually they're not going to have a choice. If they don't make the movies accessible to people on streaming, they're looking at a world in which people aren't going to watch them at all. Sarah Fisher is Axios's media reporter. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Nyla. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.